Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex, and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch, and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand, The Purist Collection. Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space, and expresses herself fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles, and knows that she is magic. Welcome, Welcome fellow witch. witch. We are so happy you are here. This episode is proudly brought to you by The Purist Collection, a luxury naturopath-formulated skin, body, and lifestyle brand, supporting you with herbal medicine, flower aroma, and crystal therapy, because what you put on your body is just as important as what you put in it. Available online at thepuristcollection.com. That's the with purist, P-U-R-I-S-T, collection.com. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode 32, Medical Astrology with me, and yeah. Em. I'm so excited to pick your brains on this and also just generally to hear you talk about it because I know it's a topic that you are so passionate about. And I love, as your friend and fellow podcaster, whenever you speak about something that you are passionate about, like you, your whole face and being just lights up and I just can't wait. Oh, thank you, Em. Yes, I. this is such a huge topic. So we're just going to do the fundamentals, but I'm, yeah, excited to put it out there. So excited. Um, before we do, I just want to give a little cosmic update. So we have, or we just had a new moon in Virgo. Mm-hmm. So the Virgo energy really wants clarity, it wants those practical intentions, and it wants us to be of service. So the Virgo sign is the dominates the or rules the sixth house. So it's all about um, our health as well. So this is a really good time to get healthier in all ways. So mm. um, thinking about detoxifying, finding um, better routines, um, getting healthier physically, mentally, spiritually, in a real practical way is going to be really good energy to work with with this Virgo uh, new moon. And then just being mindful on being too hard on yourself as well because Virgo can be a bit critical, a bit sabotaging as mm. well and have those perfectionistic qualities. Mm. So it's really looking at our health improvements, what do we want to commit to, how can we, you know, this is a really good time to do vision boarding as well. Mm. It's like, okay, this is what I'm aiming towards, yep. but what are the practical steps? What are my intentions and steps to get there? How can I get there? Yeah. Sounds like a bit like a spring clean. Yes. Which is perfect timing because we're in spring officially now in yes. Southern Hemisphere and vice versa for Northern. Yeah. Yes, this is this is a good one to work with. And you have so much Virgo in your chart, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. I'm Virgo <laughs> rising, Virgo moon. So, yeah. yeah, got those. And Virgo is all about always trying to get better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. always like striving for, you know, transformation and, yeah. you know, new things, new knowledge. How can I get better? Yeah. It's very much that energy. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Meanwhile, in my life, I will be, when this episode comes out, I will be in Cancun. 
That's so wild. I know. (laughs) So as you're listening to this, just picture me laying around somewhere by a body of water. I hope so. And I hope hope you send me photos. Oh, there will be photos. Don't you worry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Living your best life. I love that. I can't wait to see and hear, yeah, your experience there. And for me, Em, I am just going to really work with this Virgo energy and really Mm. find more balance in my routines. And I'm really wanting to prioritize my sleep. So that's really what I'm going to be working on. And yeah, doing a bit of that decluttering as well. And Mm. yeah, creating that that space. Mm, I love that. That's awesome. Yay. So getting into medical astrology, I, yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this. And so I want to start, Em, and I wanted to incorporate some science in this as well and some history because otherwise I think it can be a little bit abstract, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, astrology already has kind of like, this veil of being like that pseudo science and 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 that type of thing because yeah. it has those horoscopes which you know are going to yeah. tell you how your day is going to be you know what I mean and it's and it's really yeah. not like that so I just want to give a little bit of a background a little bit of history why I'm so into it how it works with Ayurveda mm-hmm. so um Jyotish, which is Vedic astrology, is one of the limbs of the Vedas, and so is Ayurveda, Yoga, Tantra, Mm -hmm. Vatsu. So they're all in a uh, that Vedic system. So the ancient systems of medicine, like Ayurveda, always considered the astrological influences. Mm -hmm. So it was always part; they always worked together. Mm -hmm. So in the Hindu tradition. They say that the planets influence us through subtle light, like light of vibrations and various colors as well. So we're always getting impacted by the energies of the cosmos. So they really took this into account. So both astrology and medicine were developed as part of a religion in ancient India. So the astrological principles really related to prevention and healthcare and relief from wellness. And they did this in the form of rituals and things like that. But they really use the astrologer as a guide for taking medicines at a suitable time and the best remedy for any ailments that they have. So even the medicinal herbs even today in astroherbalism, mm. are harvested at a certain mm. time and are given um, at a certain time to increase its potency. So I find that really fascinating. So astrology and Ayurveda have always been inseparable in, in that regard. Mm. And part of healthcare, which is yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And Many of the Ayurvedic doctors, practitioners use Vedic astrology or they consult with Vedic astrologers, particularly with these difficult to treat cases Mm. where they can't um, discern what the root cause is. So by examining the birth chart, we can assess the client's well-being and the possible issues and timing that is really relevant to what is going on with them. So what is that 
deeper root cause. And this is why it comes back to Ayurveda, which is a science of life, because it is very much about the root cause. Mm. We don't just want to treat the symptoms or, you know, what is going on for the client right now. We really want to get to the heart of it. So some Vedic practitioners are trained in depth, both with Jyotish, Vedic astrology and Ayurveda. So when it comes to the broader perspective of astrology, it also, because it's that language of cosmic energy, it not only relates to our health and well-being, or we can use it in that lens, but it can also help with, you know, um, other spheres of our life. So career, relationships, um, um, uh, like everything to do with that. So wealth as well, mental and spiritual manifestations. It is really the blueprint, like I've talked about before, that soul blueprint um, that is our guide to to help us live um, the highest um, timeline, really. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at astrology, I have talked about before how I practice Vedic astrology and how the more modern Western astrology is more prevalent today. But when we actually look at the term of astrology, astrology actually means that which relates to the stars. So this implies that not only is sidereal astrology based upon the actual stars, it's the true astrology or science of stars. So the tropical zodiac is commonly used in the Western system. It's based on a seasonal division. So it doesn't directly relate to the fixed stars anymore. So the tropical or the Western system is actually not observable in the heavens or as, and it's just really a mathematical abstraction now. So that's what I just want you to keep in mind. So when I'm referring to Vedic astrology, it is very much what is above us because as above, so Mm -hmm. below, whereas the Western astrology, it's no longer what is above us. So this is why it is are really considered a science because it's based on mathematics and the astronomy. Mm. So one of the most important branches of astrology is actually medical astrology. So medical astrology is a branch on its own. So when I speak about medical astrology, it's an ancient medical system that associates various parts of the body diseases um, under the influence of the sun, the moon and the planets, along with the 12 astrological signs. So medical astrology assesses your health potential. It can see likely diseases or where we have weaknesses. It can also show our timing and that timing that potentially we could have um, um, like a health um, scare and possible treatments as well. So it's not only confined to the physical, medical astrology also has that psychological aspect of it as well because we know those emotional and mental associations can really affect our our health. Mm. So the Vedic and medical astrology also looks at the karmic issues as well. So that is also something that is deeper that we can look at. 
So like I mentioned, this is a really deep topic, but I want to take it back to the actual roots. So and, and give some context around it. So Hippocrates, which many of you might know, is the Greek physician, and he was regarded as the father of medicine. And he was a huge believer in astrology, and he believed that it had powerful effects on the mind and the, you know, on the body as well. And he really insisted that his students study astrology. Um, and he said that he was, has this famous quote where he said, he who does not understand astrology is not a doctor but a fool, which is really huge. Uh, so he and his protege, they often base their medical theories on astrological movements and would even take their patient's zodiac sign before they would begin any medical treatment. Mm. And why I like to bring up Hippocrates is because he is so well known, like he's the father of medicine mm. and he actually is, he laid the foundation of medicine as a science. Totally. And for him to come out and say, this is so important. Mm. And it's like we have forgotten yeah. this element um, of this of this science, of this incredible yeah. science. So I would just want to bring back that he really believed in this and taught it to his medical students and he really thought that this was a way that you could see what areas of the body would be at greater danger and of disease and trauma in the patient mm. not necessarily saying that that's going to come to fruition mm, there has to be mm. triggers and things like that but if we know where our weaknesses is then it comes back to that prevention. Yeah. And this is where it ties back into Ayurveda because Ayurveda is typically a science of preventative yes. um, medicine. So I love that Hippocrates is, um, you know, the leader in this and he really thought that you couldn't do a thorough job of healing the sick without that basic knowledge of astrological principles in it, which is big. And in medicine today, doctors are still referring to that Hippocratic Oath mm. and um yeah, that that oath, um, like that you would mm. that you would know, is one of the oldest binding documents in history, and it's really sacred that text, and the whole gist of that oath, which I love, is really treating the sick to one's best ability to preserve that patient's privacy, to teach the secrets of medicine to the next generation. Like the this is the philosophy behind it. And one of, one of the modern takes of the oath that I love is um, this part that I'll read. I just love it. It says, uh, this is the oath that they take. I will remember that there is art to medicine as well as science mm -hmm. and that warmth, sympathy and understanding may, may outweigh the surgeon's knife or the chemist's drug. Oh, I love that. It's so good because it really brings back that human quality into, yeah. into what we're doing with mm. healing. And, yeah, so I love that he, yeah, he really had those principles that he applied in the integrity of, of yeah, this science. Mm. So when it comes to, okay, so medical astrology is this ancient form 
of, you know, looking at us holistically, mm. um, what we do, we look at your natal chart, which is your, your your birth chart, and this can show your vulnerability, like I said, to certain types of disease or health problems. Again, I just want to reiterate that planetary positions are not always going to manifest physically. Mm. So don't look at your chart and, you know, try and diagnose it and think, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so I just want to preference that. And um, not all planetary positions are going to result in disease. Um, I just want to say that again. So um, <laughs> this is not a diagnostic yes, tool. This it's not a, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you were born, each planet was in one of the 12 zodiac signs. So the moment that you had your first breath, it said that the cosmos was impressed upon you. So each of those astrological signs, along with the sun, moon and the planets, are associated with different parts of the human body. So planets are going to reflect the elements of the signs that they're in and i'll explain this a little bit later on um and when it comes to the element of the ascending or rising sign this is really going to color the chart as a whole so the first thing that we look at is really your rising sign or your ascendant sign and this is where knowing the exact minute of your birth is going Mm. to be important because unlike the sun which passes through a sign once a month and the moon every two and a half days the ascendant actually changes every two hours so that's why we really yeah need to know what that is specific yeah yeah so once we know the ascendant This can give us a a good understanding because the ascendant represents our body in medical astrology. So it's really uh, adds into our constitutional nature, our temperament, not only our structure, but our appearance. And this is where we can see our weaknesses and our Mm. vulnerabilities. And so we want to see what our ascendant sign is. And then we also want to see where the ruler of the ascendant is placed in our chart. So I'll give you an example. So my uh, rising is Virgo. So I would see where Mercury is, what house it's in, if it's in a sign that it's happy in. Do you know what I mean? Like okay. if, if it's in a sign that it's it's going to be well-functioning in. If it's debilitated, which means it can be not happy there um this is going to all add up to see our constitutional nature and you know how our immunity is and how our health is so i wanted to go through very briefly the the zodiac signs and so i'd really encourage you to look at look up your chart your sidereal chart and see what your rising sign is Mm. because this can be really empowering to know, okay, this particular part of my body could have a weakness and so I'm going to focus on nourishing this part. Mm. And so I'm going to go through um, the zodiac sign and then it also relates to a house. So the first house is Aries and so Aries... Actually, what I will mention is 
all of the signs, so 1 to 12, because there's 12 houses, Mm -hmm. they start at the head, so Aries at the head, Mm -hmm. and then they work their way down the body to Pisces, which is the feet. So I'm going to go in that order. So they all, um, you know, rule a certain body part. And we'll put all of these in the show notes as well. Um, But also we'll make sure that there's a link in there so that you can find out your sidereal signs as well too. Yes, definitely. Um, So, yes, first house is Aries. So Aries is to do or rules the head, face, brain, the eyes and the adrenals. So then we have the second house, which is Taurus, which rules the throat, the neck, the thyroid, and the vocal tract. Um, The third house, which is Gemini, which rules the mind, the arms, the lungs, the shoulders, the hands, and the nervous system. The fourth house is Cancer, which rules the uterus, the breast, the stomach, the digestion, I find a lot of clients that are a cancer rising have a lot more food allergies and um, eating disorders as well, which is interesting relating back to the stomach and digestion. Yeah, wow. Um, The fifth house, which is Leo, which rules the heart, the chest, the spine or the spinal column and the upper back. Number uh, house number six, which is Virgo, which rules the liver, the pancreas, the digestive system, the intestines, and the nervous system, which is in tandem with Gemini. But Virgo is more the gut based nerves because it relates to the intestines. The seventh house is Libra, which rules the kidneys, the thyroid, the lumbar region, and the buttocks as well. The eighth house is Scorpio, which rules the reproductive system, all our sexual organs, um, the bowels and the excretory system as well. Uh, House number nine is Sagittarius, which is the hips, the thighs, the liver again, the sciatic nerve, the pancreas, and it also coordinates our central nervous system. House 10 is Capricorn, and that rules the skin, the teeth, the hair, the knees, the joints, the skeletal system. It can also um, affect um, melancholy and depression as well with the Capricorn. Then the House 11 is Aquarius, which is rules the ankles, the lower legs, the calves, the circuitry system, the parathyroid gland, which sits behind the thyroid. And then we our last house, house 12, is Pisces, which rules the lymphatic and the immune system. So it's more our inner ocean and it is also relating to the feet and our toes. And this one also has a ancestral influence as well. And yeah, this is a house that needs uh, a lot of nourishment because we can um, yeah lose our identity with that that house as well. I'm taking literally. <laughs> I'm literally taking notes. I am a Pisces rising in Vedic, so okay (laughs) yeah and we we were talking about that em how you were like oh i don't know if i relate to my my pisces ascendant sign yeah i had a massive event i was like i I don't think i am a pisces i don't think this is right 
<laughs> yeah, and there's so many qualities, you know, knowing M so well that I was like, no, you are. I take back my words now. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Pisces, I'm just going to say, um, uh, you know, have the, uh, like, they're highly imaginative. They're the most spiritual signs. They communicate through beauty and harmony and there's that water dynamic, which, you know, you're a mermaid, that, <laughs> that's for sure. But your heart feels so deeply. And that's such a characteristic of the Pisces Ascendant, really in touch with their hearts. And so much so that they can experience themselves and other people's thoughts and feelings. So that can be really overwhelming at times because there is no, none of those energetic or physical boundaries because they're they're so open and mm. um that can be a blessing and a, and a curse but it makes that excellent healer with that increased intuition and um that really selfless nature is really that give and give and yeah pisces is really service orientated so i was like no em you definitely are <laughs> Um, so that is the basic rundown of the houses and the the body parts that they govern. So see if you can identify with those aspects. Um, I know for myself that I really resonate with my medical astrology chart and it's been when I've looked back and seen what issues I've had mm, that I can mm-hmm. really connect the the dots together. Um, but what we want to look at when we're looking at our chart, we want to look at that ascendant sign. But another indicator, what we want to look at is Saturn, because every planet governs specific diseases and specific cures. So Saturn is kind of seen as the medical key because it can help us or help healers um, see, potentially prevent future problems. And Saturn Mm. can be a causer of this. And I'll explain why, because the action of Saturn is cold, dry, slow, restrictive. So typically, whatever house Saturn is placed in, Mm. it is going to cause those qualities in that body part. Yeah, okay. So where Saturn is in that zodiac sign in your birth chart is going to indicate where you tend to be cold, tight, slow, restricted, or um, hyper-functioning. And so what this can look like in that body part, like depending on, you know, those houses I just went through, the signs, look for where your Saturn is, what sign it relates to. So it could, like... That body part may lack oxygen and blood flow. It can then create toxins. So when we look at Saturn, it is that indicator of of more chronic disease. This is why we want to look at it first and start that preventative, um, you know, reading on it. So that region where Saturn is can be tight, hard, restricted. Um, the tissues might become dry, or it can even look like tumors developing. So. The, the impactful thing about Saturn is can not only impact the house that it is in, where it's sitting, but it also impacts the body zone located on the opposite to its sign. So what I mean by that is the exact opposite house, its rays are powerful enough 
to aspect over and affect to the opposite sign of where Saturn is positioned. Mm. So this is really interesting. So when you look at your Saturn, not only look at where it is placed, but look at directly where it is opposite to and see what body zone that is, just so you've also got um, an understanding of that. So really interesting for me, my Saturn is in Libra, which is all to do with the um, the kidneys and the thyroid, which are two that I have had issues mm-hmm. with. My thyroid, which is hypo, so low functioning. Also, my kidneys, um, low functioning. And then if I look at the opposite of where Libra is, it is in my um, directly related to my adrenals and my Mm -hmm. adrenals (laughs) have also had that um, yeah really been um, affected with that restrictive um, aspect as well Mm -hmm. so I can really see Saturn playing out in my chart but that has given me more of an understanding and more of an opportunity to start addressing this with typically we want to uh, treat Saturn with more warming remedies and like second secondary is the moistening because of all those qualities of cold tense slow dry depending on what's going on um, so then the other planet that we want to look at in our chart is Mars So Mars is the opposite to Saturn in the fact that it is hot, fast, dry, it's stimulating, it causes inflammation. And as we know, inflammation in the body can, you know, cause so so many issues. Mm. So where your Mars is in your chart can suggest the body zone that is more inclined towards heat and hyperfunction or infection or wounds or burns or accidents. So that is a really good one to look at where your Mars is as well. And then the other one that is really good to look at is your South Node. So your South Node in Vedic Astrology we call Ketu. And if you're looking up your chart and you can't see your South Node, it's usually only has your north node on the chart. So the north node is uh, directly opposite to the south node. So you just look at the opposite sign and you'll be able to find your south node. Mm -hmm. So why we wanna look at our south node is typically where our south node is, it can have a draining or weak or um, deficient effect. So where there's a leak in our vital force that It can be a weakness, um, a hypersensitivity or insufficiency. So this can also show inherited uh, genetic patterns as well, especially coming from the maternal side. So finding this sign, um, like I said, it's in the exact opposite sign of your north node. So this is a really good one to look at as well, just to have that understanding And now the other sign that is really good to look at is the sixth house in its um, totality. So the sixth house is the house of health. 
So we want to see if we have any planets there. And typically, and I'm just saying typically, if we have a benefic planet, and a benefic planet is the the more benef- beneficial quality. So we've got mm-hmm. Jupiter and the moon and Venus. Um, typically, uh do do better in this house than the malefics, which are your Mars and your Saturn and more your south node. So we just want to see what is placed in there. It's really interesting. I have my Mars actually in my sixth house, which um, is interesting because Mars can cause a lot of accidents and it's in the sixth house of health. And I have to think about every time I've had something, it's been like an accident mm. or it's been something to uh, Mars also rules the muscles and blood. It's had to do with my muscles or my blood. So the sixth house and the planets in there can also impact. So it's a good one to look at. So as well, and those are just you know, skimming the surface of what I look at in a medical astrology chart. But then we also take into consideration the transiting planets. So a transiting planet is, you know, we have the planets moving around all the time. So where they're transiting, um, you know, depending on what planet it is will depend on how quick it's going you know the slower moving planets like your your saturn uranus neptune pluto are very slow moving so they'll be in a sign you know like for a long time but more the fast moving planets like the moon and mercury Mm -hmm. um so where they're moving if they're going over a natal planet they can act as triggers to potential health ailments so especially if we have transiting um, mars and saturn if they're transiting your sixth or your 12th house we just want to take at that time extra care towards our health Mm. and um yeah just be mindful of that especially when saturn is transiting through our sixth house i've noticed in my clients teeth problems there's always something going on with their teeth which is it's fascinating when you see see that happen because yes a satin you know rules the the skin teeth Mm -hmm. um skeletal system so i'll say to my clients okay like preventative health we want to be really looking after your your teeth um, you know, doing chiropractic appointments, those type of things to, um, yeah, really have that preventative lens. So like I said, with the planets, they all have different qualities. So depending on what planets you have in each house will depend on how they're expressing themselves. But as a general um yeah, just being general, Mars, the Sun, and Ketu, which is the South Node, are more your fiery planets. So in Ayurveda, we'd say Pitta planets, whereas the Moon, Venus, and Jupiter are more your watery type of planets, which are more Kapha in nature. And then you've got Saturn, Mercury, and the North Node, which are more airy in nature, so more Vata. So when we start to understand the planets, 
how they're playing out. We can start to understand how how we're being affected by it. And then that's when we can understand, okay, how can I remedy this? And it's Mm. always bringing those elements back into balance. So I want to talk about remedies because, um, you know, that that's why we have this medicine mm. is so we can understand, okay, how do I remedy this? Um, so what I will say is that no matter how difficult our chart is, when we're cultivating a that lifestyle, like that holistic lifestyle where we can always move into that optimal health state. So that physical, that emotional and that mental and that spiritual hygiene is going to be really important. So we want to look at, you know, first of all, addressing any negative attitudes that we have, but then, you know, so coming from the mind because that's going to affect our body, but then any internal um, any internal toxins, so a poor diet and lifestyle, environmental pollution, toxic relationships, unfulfilling work, these can all act as triggers that can set off the motion towards, you know, disease. So, mm. you know, it's it's always having that lens. But then we want to look at, okay, what other healing modalities can can we um, use? And so herbalism, like I've mentioned, astroherbalism is a really good one to incorporate. So plants um, are referred to in the old herbals as being under the influence of some planet. Mm. So there is a lot of planets that have certain qualities that we use that have those characteristics of what we would use with that planet. So we have mercury plants, we have Saturn plants, and then it depends on what's going on if we use the sympathetic or the antipathetic and just go like, does it need to be balanced or does it need to be increased? So always looking at that. Um, So we work with plants a lot so we can really balance what is going on for you. But other remedies as well is looking more at the spiritual practices like um, Japa practice, which is a mantra-based practice. So each planet has its own mantra. So this is its own vibration. So if we have a weak planet, we can increase or or if it's even if it's a challenging planet we can do these mantras so by saying those mantras is a really good way to um, remedy what is going on here Um, there's also uh, yantras which is um, having those mantras performed by other people Um, and there is also lastly which I is so powerful I don't I don't like to recommend is gemstones they are hugely hugely powerful Mm. and um, so that is another way also there's color therapy as well that can really help um, because each um, planet is connected to a color as well so those are the the remedies that we use so the herbal the more spiritual practices and then obviously the the lifestyle and the the meditation and 
you know, also those, if it's any karmic obstacles, you know, charity, um, rituals, those Mm. type of things. So, Em, do you have any questions? Was that too intense? (laughs) That was amazing. Um, So interesting. And I, I really love what you mentioned about, you know, not using this as a diagnostic tool, but a tool for self-awareness. And I think also to some level, like self-compassion, being able to understand what our areas of weakness are and Mm -hmm. show compassion for that side of ourselves and then look at it really holistically in terms of how we can manage and take into account those weaknesses. And instead of becoming obsessive over, okay, we need to proactively focus only on those, like taking that step back and like you said, looking at things really holistically, Mm -hmm. Um, to help to prevent them from becoming issues if we know what our vulnerabilities are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love how you've summarised that. (laughs) (laughs) Quick synopsis. (laughs) Yeah, and and like I mentioned, this was just a really short kind of introduction of medical astrology and it is so, um, yeah, so vast Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, but I the every chart that I look at, um, it's just amazing what you can unlock and what you can mm. see. And mm. like you said, Em, it can be, yeah, just that overall um, holistic viewpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Another kind of key, I guess, mm. ultimately in, in the achievement of health and holistic mm. health. Um, I feel like... Yeah, I just want to bring up my natal chart now and like run through it obsessively. <laughs> I want to spend like the next 30 minutes doing that now. Um, I guess if we are wanting to find out more, then obviously booking in to speak to you is going to be a really good starting point, right? Yeah, so I incorporate uh, Ayurveda with the medical astrology because. I want to know what's going on with you, like what your symptoms are. In Ayurveda, you know, we say you're born with a prakriti, which is your initial constitution. So this is very much what we can see with the planet placements. But then as we become out of balance, we have what we call a vikriti. So Mm -hmm. that means to alter or to change. And so it means that we become out of balance. So... It's good to have, like you do in Atropathy M, that Mm. interview with um, seeing what is going on for you, what Mm. symptoms you're experiencing. So that gives me a deeper understanding of where you're at. Mm. And then I marry that with the chart and see what is going on and getting to that deep root cause Mm. and working on both levels. Yeah, amazing. So powerful so powerful thank you so much I feel like yeah what an amazingly informative tool and if you haven't run your Vedic chart like we said there'll be a link in the show notes so you're able to run that and yeah I think I'm definitely going to re-listen to this (laughs) and just sit there with my chart and be like okay 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 got it um and yeah again not to look at it and self diagnose or prescribe but instead Mm. to go okay yeah I've found out more about myself and use that as a tool yeah amazing 
Well, let me know if you have any questions. And if you love this episode, please rate and review. It really helps us reach other witches. And speaking of other witches, come and join us on socials. We are at Witches Being Witches on Instagram. And then we have a free Facebook group, WBW Coven, where we hang out with all of our favorite witches in our little coven. Um, And we would love to see you in there. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Witches Being Witches. Remember, happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success. Health is the new wealth. And kindness is the new cool. We'll see you next episode.